What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Anime Summit Newscast, and it's Sam the Bomb, your host from Anime Summit Podcast. And I'm back with news. Back with the news, and it is November 15th, 2019. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, some big, not so not a lot of news, but some big, big stuff. And also, I wanted to share. Um, in exchange about Pokemon Sword and Shield. There's been a lot of debate going on about Pokemon Sword and Shield. The game finally dropped. Well, it would be yesterday, not when you hear this. Um, but, uh, yeah, it dropped uh, today, yesterday. And there's been a lot of debate going on back and forth about, um, you know, what they did wrong, what they, you know, people sipping on Haterade right away, other people going... Well, it's going to be awesome. Shut up. You know, fuck you. Whatever, you know. And, yeah, so I, I would love to talk about that at the end. Because, obviously, it's 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 kind of a big thing. It's Pokemon, you know. It, it's really weird because, like, oh, man, it, it's so weird. There's so many things happening that you – that this is stuff that, that, that would happen, like, in the early 2000s. Like, we got a new – like, Disney and Nickelodeon are competing again, which I'll get to at the end of the non-anime news. And the new Pokemon game dropped. And it's like, what year is it? New Terminator movie that James Cameron helped on again. It's like, oh, my God. Anyway, like always, we're going to start with the non-anime news. And we'll take a quick break in the middle. And then, of course, get into the anime news. Um, So I have not done a lot of reading on the first-person shooter uh, genre lately. I do know that a lot has happened. The new Modern Warfare game dropped. And there was there was also a lot of debate about that one, and a lot of people on our Discord, a lot of uh, longtime members on Discord, are playing it together. They're enjoying it, I think. Um, I think one of the most vocal critics on um, our Discord, uh, Zayla, they they they've been a member for a long time, and uh, they're a big fan of those games. Uh, and they were probably the most vocal about what they like and didn't like, and what they want to support, and who who they want to support as a company for. You know, they're very vocal about that, and I always appreciate um, their input because um, obviously there's a lot of people who are passionate about uh, big franchises like COD or Pokemon or whatever. So, but I, 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 I will probably talk more about that when I know more about it. I haven't, I'm not a big COD fan. Um, and so, you know, that's just, I'm not really big on FPSs, um, mainly because I'm bad at them. <laughs> but um, for, for our SOCOM fans, you remember you guys remember SOCOM? Um, it's rumored that Guerrilla Games is working on um, a new SOCOM game, and they're tentatively titling it SOCOM PS5, which they are wanting it to be for the PS5 that uh, was announced for release on December 2020. So this, uh, you know, in a, in a, mo- a year and a month from now, um, hopefully that will be one of the launch titles, SOCOM new SOCOM game. Yeah, calling it SOCOM PS5 for now. But yeah, they they're they apparently the second team of Acrylla Games is currently developing that and that's pretty exciting. So yeah, for for you SOCOM fans out there, 
if you guys remember those games, you know, there you go. Uh, Square Enix announced during Microsoft's 2019, or not 2019, X, uh, XO19 event on Thursday that it will release Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix and Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue games on the Xbox One in 2020. The company will also release the Final Fantasy VII, 8 Remastered, 9, 10, and 10 2 HD Remaster, 12 The Zodiac Age, 13, 13 2, Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy 13 and Final Fantasy 15 games for the Xbox Game Pass subscription service. The games will be released free sequentially beginning in 2020. Square Enix previously released all the Final Fantasy games listed above for the Xbox One. So hell yeah, dude, that's pretty exciting. Um, they released uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 for the Xbox One alongside the PS5, so that's pretty cool that they're going to put those on there. So if you haven't played, if you're an Xbox purist and you wanted to play the other games that you didn't get to play uh, previously. There you go. Dragon Ball Fighters game video features Broly, Dragon Ball Super in action. They have finally released the final fighter for the Season 2 pass of uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, and that is the Super Broly, the Broly from the new Dragon Ball Super movie. And it's freaking cool. I saw the trailer. It looks pretty sweet. And... So that being said, for season two, we have Jiren, Videl, uh, Blue Gogeta, uh, GT Goku, and Janemba from Fusion Reborn movie. And now we have Super Broly. So that's pretty exciting. I have I even I haven't even bought in, I don't think I've bought any of the of the season two characters. I think I'm just gonna buy the whole pass just so I can get it all in one. Because I was, I was buying the first pass, I was buying them kind of one here and there, you know. I got Bardock, Broly, and Vegito. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have to get Cooler and the other fucking base Goku and base Vegeta. Like, I'd love to get those. So, Mighty Number no. 9's game digital release removed from Japanese PlayStation Store. Integrates Mighty Number no. 9 game is no longer available for purchase from the Japanese PlayStation Store for both the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 as of Friday. The game is still available on the U.S. PlayStation Store for both consoles. Um, I'm not sure why that is. It doesn't really say why. I tried looking more um, for why, and they didn't say. Uh, so I probably, maybe it has something to do with, uh, maybe they want to move to Nintendo, and then Sony was like, nope, fuck you then. Um, so I don't know. But then you, if that was the case, then you would think that they would remove it from also the U.S. Uh, version of the PlayStation Store as well. So... I have no idea. I you know what? This is kind of a shitty piece of news because my number nine sucks. <laughs> like as like a diehard Mega Man like fan, I thought Mighty Number no. Nine was dumb. I just KG Nafune is just like, come on, dude, what are you doing? Like, I don't know how Capcom just let him do that. To be honest with you, I thought it was pretty stupid. But and the game sucks. The game is dumb. It is also rumored that a new Mass Effect game reportedly in very early development at Bioware Edmonton. Um, all the, uh, the Mass Effect-related tweets this past N7 day wasn't just Bioware employees teasing fans. According to a report, the studio is working on the fifth Mass Effect title. I'm going to tell you right now, I think Mass Effect is stupid. <laughs> I think it's dumb. <laughs> I don't care about Mass Effect. I know some people are going to call me, like, a haterator and say things like, oh, you're just a fucking hipster, like, blah, blah, blah. And honestly... It, maybe yeah because i just don't i'm not i think i've been pretty vocal about not being a fan of like 
newer mainstream games. Like, I'm not big on Bioshock. I'm not big on uh, COD or, you know, things like that. But then it's like, oh, well, Sam, you play Overwatch. And it's like, well, I like I, Overwatch is fun to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's that was a diamond in the rough for me um, compared to other Blizzard games that I've played before um, other than Diablo, you know, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't I don't care like if people like it. Like people always get so offended, like when I say I hate it or I'm not a fan of these games. People get so uptight. They're just like, let people like stuff. And I'm like, dude, I am the I am the last person you should be telling that to. I always tell people to enjoy what they like. It's it's not about other people, it's about me. I'm just saying I don't like it. And it's not like I ever just randomly say that. I only say it when it comes up on conversation, you know. It's not like if people are talking about COD, I don't walk over to them and go, COD sucks, and then run away. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan. But I know Mass Effect is a very, very amazing game, and it's very popular. And I think people were disappointed with the last one. So this is going to be cool. I think people are going to like this for sure. New Mass Effect title. Xbox just unveiled the first ever video game with a playable transgender hero. Now, it's it's really, I, I, like, I try not to get so, like, and, and honestly, like, the, the thing is, is, like, people will see this and they'll be like, God, don't keep politics out of games. Ugh. But it's not really politics, though. Like, transgender people are real. There's nothing to debate about us. You know what I mean? Like, so you have to understand that for, like, for people like me, um, it, it's it's really cool. And plus... Uh, the it's a trans man so like for trans my trans men friends who are gamers they're gonna love this you know um but yeah the latest game is called tell me why and the major character uh is is a is a trans man and uh his name is tyler and uh tyler is a transgender man and players must make decisions based on whether they trust his or his sister allison's version of events more so it's it's kind of like it's like a it's almost like a it's like cho- like a choose your own adventure game, but like you are listening to these siblings, and they're both figuring out different things along the way, and you're supposed to kind of decide who you trust more, and you take control of both of them. So that's pretty sweet. Like, and honestly, like the it's also cool because Tyler is voiced by a trans uh, man actor, a trans actor. So like. You know, for a lot of gamers, that that probably is not going to bother them too much, or it's not going to matter to them. Um, if it does matter to them, then they're just getting offended over nothing. Uh, you know, to to trans gamers, it's going to mean a lot. So, like, that's really cool. I think it's really awesome. I think representation is important. So that's super awesome. As far as you're concerned, it's just uh, a guy and his sister, or a sister and his brother, her brother. You know, so. But that game seems really exciting. Um, Apparently, these are the same people who also worked on Remember Me and Life is Strange, which I heard those games are friggin' dope, especially Life is Strange. So I'm excited to 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 see or to 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 figure to well, not I can't say play because it's not, I don't think it's coming out for yeah, it's coming out for Xbox One. And I don't have an Xbox One, but I mean, if it comes out for PC later, I would love to play it. That seems really cool. I like decision, like, adventure story games like that. I, I think they're really, really, really fucking sick. Um, Nicolas Cage to play himself in a new movie. Uh, this is going to be... I, I got to watch this film. This is going to be so fucking funny. 
It's safe to say that Nicolas Cage's career has taken some interesting turns over the years, um, but apparently he will be playing himself in a new movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And it is a meta movie in which Cage would star as a version of himself that's desperately trying to land a role in a new Quentin Tarantino film in order to make himself relevant once again. At the same time, Cage is dealing with a broken relationship with his teenage daughter and talks to an imaginary 90s version of himself that makes fun of him for the quality of his recent movies. Things get out of control when Cage, who is strapped for cash, finds out that a Mexican billionaire that he has befriended is actually a drug cartel kingpin, so the CIA hires him as a spy. So that is actually really friggin' hilarious. That is so fucking funny, dude. Like, I... Nicolas Cage is a fucking meme, so for him to fucking do this is like he's memeing himself. I don't know. It's kind of funny. It's it's pretty funny. It it kind of it's like being John Malkovich or uh, This Is the End, like in This Is the End, like Seth Rogen and uh, Jonah Hill and James Franco. They all played ver- like you know exaggerated versions of themselves in that movie too. Like I imagine it'll be like that. That's gonna be pretty funny. Um. So now for the big pieces here uh, of the. Non-anime news, Sonic movie gets a redesigned trailer. This came, this trailer came out earlier this week, kind of in the middle of the week. And it looks good. He looks way better. He looks nice. He looks really good. He looks he looks like he 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 looks fine on screen and he also looks like how he's supposed to look, you know. Um previously the the version we got was a weird just kind of almost mutated human looking blue animal form and his eyes were really kind of far apart and wide and he didn't have white gloves he just had white fur on his hands and his uh his chops were like really light off white tan and his his belly was white and and he wore like sneakers uh his redesign looks exactly how you think it was supposed to look in the first place um he's got his his signature red sneakers with the white stripe He's got his white gloves on again, and it, 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 the the new trailer paints it very clear. It even shows, like, at the beginning, it shows him running through Green Hill Zone. It makes it very clear that he's from some parallel world where why he looks the way he looks is supposed to be like that. So it, it I think that's I think it's fine. I think it's going to be fine. Um, you guys, I don't want to talk about it too much. You guys know how I feel about about what went down. And so I'm not going to talk about it too much, but all I'll say is that I'm definitely going to go support. I'm definitely going to go see the movie um, in theaters in February 14th. So definitely going to do that. Here's the two biggest pieces. Disney Plus dropped a couple days ago, and it had 10 million downloads on day one. Uh, $6.99 a month, or you can do 13 bucks bundled with Hulu and ESPN+. Plus. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, here's the other big piece of news. Uh, the new SpongeBob movie dropped. And uh, they're doing apparently a SpongeBob spinoff for Netflix as part of a multi-year content production deal that reflects the pressure on Netflix to fortify itself against the new streaming competition, notably Disney+. Plus. Netflix has now revealed or announced, I should say, that they have now made a deal with Nickelodeon to produce um, Nickelodeon-exclusive content. That's... I have no idea how that's going to work out. I don't know what that means for the Nickelodeon channel. Um, but it honestly makes sense considering that Netflix um, produced the Invader Zim movie 
and the um, Rocco movie. So, I mean, all these, like, these um, reboot or sequel movies to, like, older shows were going on to Netflix, you know? And uh, the Arnold movie, I don't think, was one of them. I think the Arnold movie was just made, it was made for the Nickelodeon channel for TV. Um, but the Rocco movie and the Invader Zim movies, both serving as sequels to older shows, as throwbacks to those shows, were Netflix produced. So it, it makes sense that they would go forward with this deal. And also, um, this comes uh, shortly before the new SpongeBob trailer um, for the new movie, which I believe is going to be a theatrical release. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was like, I'd be it would, you'd be able to stream it on Netflix exclusively after that. But to compete with Disney Plus, honestly, it's a good move. It's it's like Nickelodeon versus Disney all over again, um, back in the early two thousands, along with uh, you know. N64 versus Dreamcast versus PlayStation, PlayStation 2, Sega versus Nintendo, whatever. Uh, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Disney Plus is doing really good. I saw that the show So Weird was on Disney Plus, and if you don't know what that show is, it basically was like a youth. It was like a it was like a a youth to young adult version of uh, X Files, and it was on the Disney Channel. And it was about this girl named Fiona who travels with her musician mom while she's on tour. And she, her hobby is to like investigate in the paranormal. And like, it's cool because like actual weird shit happens and like paranormal shit happens and it's it's, like alien shit. It's fucking crazy. It's awesome. I love it. I loved it as a kid. And it was, I was really excited to hear that there was a bunch of Disney Channel original movies that were on there as well, which is really funny because like I went to like, illegal streaming sites to recently watch Brink and Johnny Tsunami. And I totally forgot or didn't even realize that Brink had like a super racist line in it. Um, it was, there's, there's a character, one of the main characters, her name is Gabriella and she's from Peru. And I don't think it was meant to be like, obviously it wasn't meant to be racist, but it definitely comes off that way. And it actually, in fact, is just plain racist, but, um, it was it was something like they were fighting with the bad guys on who gets to practice on the downhill like thing and then the main bad guy val he goes well if you don't like it here why don't you go back to mexico and everyone kind of chuckled like huh good one you know and she was like i'm from peru bitch like it was re- it was really awkward to see it was like oh that's weird but like back then you know i think that was kind of that was kind of an insult thrown around like you know shut up or why don't you go to hell? You know what I mean? Which is like, that makes it even worse. Cause you're saying Mexico is like equivalent to like hell or whatever. But like, you know, it was loosely thrown around without any like real people didn't think it was that bad. You know what I mean? So obviously it was really, they've already taken some, I think they're already excluding some things from it. I don't remember, but, um, there's actually also a bunch of the old Disney cartoons on there. And some of them even have like some racial stereotypes and stuff in them. And what I appreciate is that there's like a, I've heard that there is a, a disclaimer at the beginning that says, Hey, this doesn't reflect currently how we view things. This was made in a time where people were racially insensitive and we're merely just putting it, we want to be able to stream it so you can watch it for your enjoyment. Just know that this is part of it. 
um, because that's how things were back then, you know. And I kind of appreciate that, you know, as somebody who definitely tries to speak out against racism as much as possible. Like, I definitely appreciate that. I think people should be able to enjoy them. Um, It's almost kind of like, uh, I don't know if you remember, but back in the day, like way back in the day, even like early 2000s, late 90s, when Cartoon Network would show like an old Looney Tunes or an old like Flintstones or something, they would put that disclaimer at the beginning, even like old Tom and Jerry's cartoons also they would put a disclaimer at the beginning saying this is not reflective of how warner brothers currently views you know this or that but this was made in an era in which you know that it was not uh, a thing that was discussed or whatever you know what i mean i think those disclaimers are important i think those are better than than straight up just removing it obviously it depends on the level of you know um bigotry i guess i would say but like i i I would if if it were me i would rather have the disclaimer than have it removed is what i'm saying personally that's just me personally um you know i'm i i don't like to talk about this kind of stuff on the newscast very often but i think that's worth mentioning to people who were questioning getting disney plus because of whatever reason and you totally do not have to support disney disney is kind of a scary company to be honest with all its fucking monopolizing and crazy ass shit but uh, you know what? We will see what's up for sure. For sure. Uh, that's all I got for the non-anime news. Let's take a break right here and uh, move into the anime news, shall we? Boom, check that out for me, okay? And always links.animesummit.net. You can find everything right there. Discord, um, Instagram, Twitter. I have deactivated my personal Twitter, so I am no longer on Twitter. Um, I just didn't use it. Um, You know, I just, yeah, I didn't use it. So I know people were tweeting at me on there and stuff like that, but I no longer uh, have it. Um, So, uh, but anyway... You can at least follow the Anime Summit Twitter and uh, tweet at us. Check out the fucking funny anime memes that Nick is posting. And, um, yeah, um, the Patreon is not on the link tree, but you can go to patreon.com slash anime summit and find everything right there. And also, I think by the time you're hearing this, it should be out. It should be out today. But I'm going to be on the Project Manga podcast again. I'm going to be on... Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say it, just in case. I'm not going to say what the episode is, but I'm going to be on another tangential tie-ins. Um, they, so they're a weekly, they're a, a podcast. They do uh Shonen jump weekly, uh, podcasts and where they talk about the latest, uh, Shonen chapters and they have another podcast, um, same show, but it's called tangential tie-ins where they just talk about various anime topics and things like that. The first one I was on, the last one I was on was, uh, about, uh, badass females in anime. So that was really cool. Like for me, like personally, like that was really awesome. I loved that. Um, and he kind of chose that topic around me, which was very fucking, like, validating. I fucking loved it. So shout-out to Noxy. Shout-out to Eagle. Shout-out to Kiko. I'm going to be on the Project Manga podcast again, so I will post that. Um, I will have uh, Danny tweet that or Nick tweet it also. Um, and I will also post it on the Discord. Also, please leave a review on iTunes or leave a review wherever you can leave podcast reviews because not only do we like to read them on the podcast and give you shout-outs, um, but also because we are doing a review rush. Once we get to 100 reviews, 
we will do something fucking amazing. And I don't know what that is yet. Um, we're talking about doing a live stream. We're talking about doing a big giveaway. We're talking about doing a bunch of stuff. But once we get to 100 views, it's going down. It's going down for all of you guys for getting us to where we are. And also, again, back to the Patreon thing. Shout out to the patrons. I love you guys so much. If you become a patron, you get weekly access, uh, early access to uh, many things. As soon as uh, the episode, the main episode or the po- the main podcast is done being edited, you get that right away. So, so for most most of the time, if it's not like a super crazy episode, which is pretty much eighty percent of the time, um, you get it like Tuesday night. So you're getting it like, pretty much a whole almost a day and a half early. Um, and yeah, pretty much a whole day early actually. And so, uh, and also you get a patron only discord channel to talk to us to get some behind the scene inside stuff, exclusive vlogs. I'm recording some ex- uh, Patreon patron exclusive, um, cast soon. So like just other random anime topics, other random things going on with the hosts that you'll hear on cast and exclusive vlogs uh also so become a patron today you guys are basically investing in us to get be a better podcast buy more more equipment you guys bought me a camera um all kinds of stuff all kind it's it's amazing you guys are amazing so thank you please do that and uh that'd be great i would fucking appreciate that i love you guys i love you guys i love you i love you i love you Let's get into it, shall we? Not a lot of anime news, but I got a lot of uh, hype for some new stuff coming out in 2020. And then, of course, we got the big piece at the end. We're going to talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, and I'm just... I want to preface this right away. I don't have a Switch, and I have not played the game yet, obviously. I am just merely relaying what I have been observing from debates going on on Discord, going on on Facebook, going on on all kinds of social media. And I basically am posing a question to what everyone else thinks i got a pretty good idea of what some of our discord members think one of some one of our patrons um was talking about it a lot this past couple days shout out to brie um so yeah uh but here we go anime news one punch man a hero nobody knows game launches on february 28th this game is going to be sick i'm so excited for this game it's going to be hilarious it's a three-on-three fighting game action fighting game players from teams of three characters take on an opposing team if they choose saitama Characters must survive long enough for him to arrive through the hero arrival system. By performing well in battle with only two characters, players can decrease the amount of time it will take for Saitama to arrive. But if he does arrive, it's fucking over. Like, (laughs) that's it's over for the other team. That was really hilarious because people were kind of wondering how they were going to make that. Um, They're like, it'd, it'd be really weird if it was just like a regular fighting game of one punch man characters and Saitama would like lose. Like it'd be weird if you made him like a regular character and he lost to, you know, speed of sound Sonic or even Genos, you know? So, um, this is how they worked around that. And it's actually really hilarious. So if you pick Saitama, that means you only are playing with two characters on your team instead of three. And Saitama shows up late. Um, if you, are able to survive long enough with the two heroes for Saitama to get there, then you automatically win um, against the team you're fighting, the, the opponent you're fighting against. So that's pretty hilarious, I think. I think that's a great workaround, to be honest with you. And I'm excited to see how that works. Um, I assume that if people, like, play this game seriously, um, they're probably not going to, like, 
have people pick Saitama, you know, or whatever. But ban list. I'm going to ban them. But, uh, yeah, no, it's pretty funny. Uh, speaking of Shonen uh, fighting games, Jump Force has released a preview of two new characters for DLC. Uh, Bleach is Toshiro Hitsugaya and Madara Uchiha from Naruto. I, you know what? I wish this game was more. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not satisfied with how this game was. And we were talking about it on Discord. Who was it? It was me, Sean, and I think this other guy. Um, he just joined our Discord like uh, a little bit ago, a couple weeks ago, I think. Jeremy, I think his name is. He 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 came in like swinging, talking about fighting games, legit. And I was like, oh sweet, we got another fighting gamer in here. Hell yeah. So me, Jeremy, and Sean, and uh, Ev, Harvester, were talking about Jump Force. And we were talking like, dude, if they made a Jump Force game, but it looked like um, it looked like Dragon Ball Fighters, oh, my God. Wouldn't that be something? Like, that'd be fucking crazy. Like, honestly. And it would be a, it'd be a much smaller game because you're not rendering these huge, 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 like, you know, uh, arenas and stuff. I don't know. I... It's I know it's like a far winded like thing, right? To talk about it's like oh, what if we had this, but with this and this, but with this. I know, but like just as a fan, as a shonen fan and a fighting game fan, it's like you should just go what what the best thing is. And honestly, the best thing right now is Dragon Ball Fighters. Like as as far as like anime adapted fighting games go, that's that and uh, Dengeki Bunko is a good one. That has it's an anime fighter with like you know Kirito and. Um, Rokubu characters in it and stuff. I don't know, man. I just feel like you should go with what's good, and that would be a sick game if that happened. Here's some uh, new anime hype. It's coming out January 2020. It's called 22-7 Idol Project. Anapex America began streaming a trailer for the television anime of the 22-7 Idol Project on Friday. The anime will premiere in January. Um, it's They are directing the series at A1 Pictures, and it is going to be uh, about an idol group. And based on the concept of idols who cross dimensions, it has eight anime idol characters with their respective voice actresses performing as idols in the real world. So, yeah, that is, it, it actually, I, I really like the, it, it looks beautifully animated. I watched the trailer. The art style is perfect, I think, for an idol, an idol show. I really, really despise idol stuff, but um, in terms of, like, quality of art, this goes, like, way beyond. It's way better than the crappy Love Live art. It's way better than the what Idol Master looks like. Um, I don't like the bubbly bang dream and bubbly, like, Love Live art. I just don't like it. I think it looks dumb. Um, but, yeah, 22-7 Idol Project. Uh, Banana Fish causes spike in sales at New York Public Library's gift shop. Workers at the New York Public Library's gift shop have been noticing a spike in sales since the television anime of Akime Yoshida's Banana Fish manga premiered in July last year. The Rosemain Reading Room is featured in one of the anime's key scenes. Not only has the library seen an influx of Japanese tourists, the gift shop has been selling more than $30 miniature replicas of Rose Room characters than ever before. The New York Post interviewed several workers at the gift shop. A representative said that the gift shop sold 59 chairs. Um, on Saturday, a 23% increase from the previous Saturday. 
Krista Roth, Associate Director of Retail Initiative, said that the people were buying the chairs due to the sim- symbolic significance it has within the story of Banana Fish. I have been in retail for 30 years, and I've never seen a phenomenon like this, she said. We think Banana Fish is funny, but it's bringing in money, said gift shop worker Megan. That is pretty sweet. Shout out to Banana Fish. Uh, also, shout out to Survivors of the Prophet, because they do the opening song for it, too. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Yatog- Yatogami-chan Kansatsu Nikki anime second season reveals a new cast of visual. The official website for the second season of the television anime of Masaki Ando's Yatogami-chan Kansatsu Nikki four-panel manga revealed the new season's returning a new cast. Um, I I know a couple people who watched this, but I don't know if it was ever good. I never watched it. I don't even know when season one premiered. When did season one premiere? I don't even know. But... Um, Oh, the first season premiered on April 4th. Oh, okay. I guess I guess it was good enough to get a second season. I don't know. If you're watching this, let me know. But it's getting a second season, and that's going to come out January 5th, 2020. There you go. Queen's Blade Unlimited, OVA's second episode previewed in second video. Hobby Japan began streaming a second promotional video on Friday for the second episode in the Queen's Blade Unlimited video anime series. Um, the first episode, Elena no Tabadachi, beginning of Elena's journey, shipped on Blu-ray disc and DVD July 2018. The first Queen's Blade anime adapting Hobby Japan's combat picture book series based on the Lost Worlds game premiered in 2009. The franchise has since inspired two additional television anime and multiple original video anime, manga, and novels. Media Blasters released the first two anime series in North America, and Sentai Filmworks released the third, which is called Queen's Blade Beautiful Warriors. So yeah, for you Queen's Blade fans out there, if you're watching the new uh, Unlimited uh, series, the second one is coming out. I have not watch that much queen's blade stuff at all and i kind of want to get into it i definitely would love to watch it um a lot of people said that it's like up my butt up my alley so uh nino kuni crossworld smartphone mmorpg slated for second half of 2020 the official website for the nino kuni crossworld's net marvel smartphone game based on the level 5's nino kuni game series revealed on thursday that the game is slated to launch in japan in the second half of 2020 the story's main character is a beta tester for project n a virtual reality game developed by Ichi no Kuni's Mariah Company, the world of Project N, is known as Nino Kuni. And then MMORPG will feature real-time hack-and-slash gameplay for both player versus enemy and player versus player modes. That's pretty cool. If you're a fan of Nino Kuni, um, you know, I definitely think that this is... I think they just released Wrath of the White Witch for PlayStation 3. It was like, oh, actually, that was a while ago. Because if it was still on PS3, that must have been seven years ago. 2012 I know the latest one came out on PC March last not last March but last year maybe it was in summer of last year I don't remember but Nino Kuni 2 whatever kingdom that one I gotta play these games I've never played them and I really want to for sure new Kaiketsu Zorori anime reveals title studios original character April debut April 2020 um, I don't, this looks like a kid's anime. I just saw that there was a fox face Johnson wearing a bandit mask, and I thought it was really cute. The new anime will be the first television anime of the books in 13 years since the second anime ended in 2007. It will contain stories from the original books as well as the stories. Um, oh, it's like a children's book. Okay, Hara began the book series in 1987 and published the 65th book on Thursday. The books have inspired a 1993 film, a 2004-2005 anime series, a second anime from 2005 to 2007, and a second film in 2006. These earlier films were short works that were screened with other anime, but this series later inspired three previous feature-length films in 2012, 2013, 2015, and 2017. Um, Hara's books follow Zorori, a mischievous bandit fox who dreams of becoming the king of pranks. 
Zorri aims to build my own castle and make beautiful princess my wife as he embarks on one misadventure after another with his two boar companions, Ishishi and Noshishi. Yeah, it's like a kid's thing, but it looks really cute. It's like a fucking fox face Johnson uh, with a bandit and he wants to prank everyone. It's a prank, bro. It's a prank. Uh, Ultraman Tsuburaya Productions, Toy Animation Launch Monsters, and Girls Anime Kaiju Decode. Ultraman and Ultra Q Production Studio Tsuburaya Productions and Toy Animation announced a collab CG anime project titled Kaiju Decode on Friday. The project's theme is a story about kaiju and girls, and the studios are aiming the project as a world at a worldwide audience. The opening ceremonies for the Tsuburaya Convention 2019 event will announce more details on the project on December 14th. So there is not a lot of details out about it yet. We'll probably get more details in December after the Tsuburaya Convention 2019 event. Uh, so, yeah, keep an eye on that. Kaiju Decode. World End Economica Anime Crowdfunding Campaign Unveils Video. Game dev Spicy Tales posted an announcement video for its crowdfunding campaign for an anime of its World End Economica visual novel on Wednesday. The video features the song Losers by Kishida Kyodan and the Akaboshi Rockets. The campaign will launch on Thursday. Written by Asuna Hasakura, the author of Spice and Wolf, World and Economica is a three-part visual novel set in the far future on the moon, 16 years after humans have begun to colonize it. A young boy named Haru has been chasing his wildest dream to stand where no man has stood before. To do so, he needs capital, a ludicrous amount of capital, what better place to get that much money than by using the stock market? So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be some... That sounds like some crazy shit. Um, That sounds like some Eden of the E shit, but more like economic money-driven. Eden of the East was like money-driven also, but it was very political, which was like... It was really cool. Eden of the East is really cool. If you haven't seen it, you definitely should watch it. Shout out to the Air King. Uh, Discotech to release Bludgeoning Angel Dukoro-chan, Bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo, and God Mazinger anime on January 28th. Discotech Media announced on Tuesday that it will release Blu-ray discs for the Bludgeoning Angel Dukoro-chan, Galaxy Express 99, Eternal Fantasy um, anime film. The company will also release a standard def Blu-ray discs for the Bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo and God Mazinger anime on the same day, along with Lupin the Third Part 2 on January 28th. So yeah, that's pretty sweet, man. If you like uh bo 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 bo, um, there you go. And God Mazinger, if you've never heard of God Mazinger, it's, he's basically Mazinger, but he's like this. He's like a knight. He looks he looks like a black knight with like gold horns on his helmet and a gold sword. It's badass. Um, the more here's another update on the Violet Evergarden film. It has now been rescheduled to April twenty fourth. The official website for Kyoto Animation's Violet Evergarden, the movie anime film project, announced on Saturday that the film's production committee has rescheduled the film's opening to Friday, April 24, 2020. The committee thanked the fans for their support and noted that the director and staff are working with all of their hearts and strength on the production. It was originally slated for January 10, 2020, before being delayed for obvious reasons. But yeah, there you go. We finally got a date. Honestly, I I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even cared if it ever came out, to be honest, after what Kyoto went through. Um, I would have understood if it never came out. I, I would not have cared. I would have been like, nope, doesn't matter at all. You guys come first. That's what matters. But they are back at it. They don't want to be, they don't want to be, you know, they, they want to go back to work and go back at it. And that's just really awesome. So definitely show your support. If you're a fan of Violet Evergarden, you know, you want to support Kyoani for sure, for sure. Um, here's the three big pieces, or well, two big pieces before we go into the Pokemon Sword and Shield stuff. Um, Mokoto Yukimura 
has began drawing the final arc of Vinland Saga. That's right. Manga creator Makoto Yukimura posted on Twitter on Sunday that he has started drawing the fourth and final arc of his Vinland Saga manga. In the Twitter post, he stated that the overall Vinland Saga manga is divided into four parts. The first three parts include the war arc, the slave arc, and the eastern expedition arc. And Yukimura added that the final arc will be more than 50 chapters long with more than 1,000 pages and will take several years. So this is probably not even going to be done for, I don't even, probably 20, I don't know, 2025 even, maybe. I don't know. But of course, you know that Villain Saga has now been adapted into an anime. Um, I didn't even know it was still going, to be honest with you. Um, he launched the series on Kodansha's Weekly Shonen Magazine in 2005, but Kodansha moved the series to Afternoon later that year. Afternoon Magazine later that year. Kodansha published the manga's 22nd volume on June 21st. The manga received the Best Journal Manga Award in Kodansha's 36th Annual Manga Awards in 2012, and it won the Grand Prize in the Manga Division of the Ministry of Cultural Affairs, 13th Japan Media Arts Festival Awards in 2009. So yeah, this manga's been going on for 14 years. Can you believe that? 14 years, we have 22 volumes, and we are about to get the, in the next few years here, the final volumes. 50 chapters, that probably means, like, if there's five... That means, like, ten more volumes, man. If there's, like, five to seven chapters per book. I don't know, actually. I've never read a Vinland Saga book before. It, it might be more. They might put more than that. But it's crazy to me, man. Watching the watching Torfin grow up is heartbreaking. I honestly want to start reading it because I want to know what happens. But I don't want to. I, I'm so terrible. Like, I feel like I'll ruin it for myself like I did with Attack on Titan, so I'm just waiting. But, yeah, I love Vinland Saga. It's fucking amazing. It's so good. I love it. Shout-out to my man, Torfin. Um, hopefully these people do you right. Um, Disney developing new... This is just a rumor, I think, but this is an article that was posted a day ago. Disney developing new live-action Dragon Ball movie with Asian cast. Just a few days after the launch of their extremely popular streaming service, Disney+, Plus. It doesn't look like they're planning on slowing down anytime soon. In fact, it looks like they're just getting started. According to sources close to We Got This Covered, um, which is the the website I'm reading this article off of, We Got This Covered, the same ones who told us the Mouse House was developing the Aladdin sequel, which we now know to be true, the studio's next big venture is expected to be a live-action adaptation of the beloved Japanese anime TV series Dragon Ball. Apparently, the film will feature an exclusively Asian cast, and operate with a very, very big budget, meaning that the executives think that this could be the beginning of another blockbuster franchise. I mean, it's, when you think about, I honestly think they just shouldn't do it. I'll say that right off the bat. Now, of course, me saying that doesn't mean they're not going to do it. They're going to fucking do it, regardless of what anyone says, what I say, okay? But that being said... They are honestly kind of the people who should handle it right now. After seeing what they've done with the MCU, I really don't see who else can handle it properly. Um, except for maybe the people who did Alita. I don't know. Alita was pretty close to its manga counterpart, which I appreciate. Um, some people might disagree. I don't... I mean, obviously there were major differences in it, um, but it was it, it's the closest to um, 
than other adaptations of anime and manga. So to 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 handle it, I would say it, it's got to be Disney, which on one hand sucks. On the other hand, it's like, who else do you think could do it? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, man. That's really weird. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm, I'm excited to see what may come of that. So here's, here's the thing. Let's move on to this. Shall we? Pokemon Sword and Shield dropped yesterday. Well, by the time you hear this, it'd be yesterday. Um, for me, it dropped today, obviously. Um, but there was, there's a lot of debates going on on, on the, what they call Dexit, you know, not including all the Pokemon and whatever. Um, and all that stuff. So, one of my friends, Sky Fifty Seven, also known as Mike Michael, he's a he's a streamer. He streams uh, Pokemon games, and he also streams uh, Pokemon TCG online matches. And um, he was one of the guys who taught me to play the game very well, the card game, very well. Um, he's he's a cool guy. He was one of the people who was uh, a vocal critic of sword and shield um the other day he posted this um reddit thread that basically listed all of the things that were wrong with it um and there's many reasons other than the dexit thing there was there's many other reasons you know uh sacrificing certain pokemon pokemons to make way for better graphical things um the, the the forced share exp share um some other stuff and um one of the other guys who i played pokemon cards with who's also another really good player uh curtis one of my card gaming buddies he's awesome he plays magic now but um one of the guys i played uh, vanguard with especially vanguard and pokemon he commented on it and said are you insinuating that and i got permission to share this convo okay so it's not like you know, I'm just, you know, sharing it. But um, are you insinuating that 800 plus character interchangeable characters are content? <laughs> and um, Michael replied with, when the entire franchise is built around those, of course. <laughs> and then he kind of went on to say, I don't have a problem with Dexit inherently. I don't think it's required to necessarily put them all into a game. That's why I like Black and White, because Black and White was also the last time where they had a new Pokemon game and they excluded a lot of Pokemons in it as you were on a new region that was, you know, far away from everywhere else. Um, publicly stating that reason, however, for removing so many Pokemon, even though there are a hundred additional in data files, but not in the game so that you can focus on animations, polish, then releasing a game with completely outdated static animations. Final cutscene of the game is a GIF in the comment above this thread and a game that's generally lacking in polish is shitty. Then Curtis said, so you don't think they were focusing on animations and polish? You don't think this is their best work? What precedent do you have for for Game Freak making graphically satisfying games? And then Michael said, when the product is strictly worse than the previous generation's product, yet shares many similarities to it graphically and animation-wise, in a quote-unquote, we just copy what we already did kind of way. I would say that's precedent. I'm not saying Game Freak needed to make Breath of the Wild, but the art style looks like an uninspired version of uh sun and moon a 3ds game and the game has like graphical performance issues it's not just that it looks bad worse than other pokemon games even on the switch in let's go it's the game it's that the game is like poorly coded and has actual problems 
It's not polished, which is one thing Pokemon games always are. Curtis then said, Well, I hope you build a team of six of your favorite Pokemon from the new gen and use them to plow through the Switch's persistent performances to defeat the Elite Four. <laughs> um, then Michael was like, My favorite Pokemon aren't in the game. Angry face emoji, angry face emoji. I also am not getting the game, he said in parentheses. Then Curtis replied, you can't pick, like, your 7th to 12th favorites and be okay with that or, like, use the new ones. You're really that mad that you can't import a functionally pointless spreadsheet of old Pokemon into this game? And Michael said, again, no, and I said that. My problem is that the stated reason for excluding them was so that they could focus on other aspects of the game, primarily graphics and animation. Those Those aspects of the game are poorly made. So basically he's saying to exclude them for graphical reasons when it's not that much better in terms of graphics than Sun and Moon is dumb. Um, Then another guy chimes in. He didn't give me permission to share some of his stuff, so I'm not going to say his comment, but um, he kind of chimes in kind of aiding Michael in his point. And then Michael said they're not in the game for competitive use and they won't ever be, according to Game Freak. Um... And then the conversation kind of ended after that. I think Curtis was just kind of like, oh, okay, I see your point, whatever. Um, I did talk to Curtis about it after that later on. Um, and honestly, the only complaints I'm seeing on the Discord so far are people saying that, like, the Force EXP share kind of sucks. And obviously there's articles out there already talking about um, uh, parts of the game crashing already. So... That's another crappy thing. Um, I think from Michael's standpoint that this has never been a worry with a Pokemon game before. You know, you could go to the store and you could just buy your copy of the game and take home and play it without ever having to worry that it wasn't going to work or crash or whatever. And if that was the case, then you could go return it and get a new one. Um, But this being the Switch and being how games are handled nowadays, you know, it's... It's not an issue on the hardware of the cartridge. It's an issue on the coding in the game itself and how it's being handled, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not sure. Um, to be honest with you, and I'm being, if I'm being really honest, I hopped back into the world of Pokemon Gen 4 with Diamond and Pearl and Platinum. I believe Platinum had just came out when I died back into it. Um and when I had a, when I had gotten a DS Lite, you know, a year prior, and had known that Pokemon Gen Four was on the DS, um, I was given a copy of Pearl for my for Christmas, and because um, it was cheap at, by that time, you know, I could get a copy of Pearl for for cheap, and so I think my brother got it for me, and I got back into Pokemon then, and then I got Gen Five, I got I got Soul Silver, and then I got uh, Black, or I got the I got the Black version, and uh, Trisha had a DS Lite now, too, so she got the white version. and Or no, I got white, and she got black. So, um, and that was the that was the first Pokemon game to do to do what they did with the, the, the battle animation. Um, it was the first Pokemon game to have um, moving Pokemon, statically moving Pokemon. Um, as you're sitting there fighting, you know what I mean? Like they're not just like a, they're not just like a still image. They were like actually animated and moving. And, um, it, it was one of the first gen five is one of the first Pokemon games that did a lot of things, a lot of firsts. 
And one of those first was to take place in a region that was very far away from Kanto, Johto, and Hoenn, and Sinnoh. And um, that they, they said that right away, and it was called Unova. Therefore, not a lot of Pokemon from older gens were available in, um, in, in the games. You could trade them from uh, Soul Silver and Heart Gold later, and um, you could trade them, do the trade ups, you know, strategy with um, from Diamond and Pearl. Um, there was a way to do it, and I don't remember how that works. Um, and then obviously, world trading you could do as well. Um, but they were not available to catch. And I think with Sword and Shield, it's like that again, but even less. And nobody knows, or well, I don't know if nobody knows. I think people do know i i forgot where i read it but um i'm not sure how trading from other games into this game works yet i should have read about that before i talked about it but um someone enlighten me if you maybe i'll ask on discord later but i i just gotta say that and, and this is and again i have literally no room to talk i'm just relaying what i'm hearing from other people um because i don't have a switch and i don't i haven't bought the game um but I, I will say this. This is the only thing I'll say is things change. Your favorite band could make the same kind of record for three records. And then for their fourth record, it could be a pop record. And all of a sudden it's different and it's weird and it doesn't sound like them and whatever. But people change. Things change. And I think Pokemon, especially now, they're going through a lot of changes. Um, the Pokemon... Um, manga that was in Korra Korra magazine just ended the new anime series is going to feature two protagonists one of them being uh satoshi or ash along with the newer character as they travel to they're going to retravel all of the regions pokemon is is and we said this i've said this on newscasts before even when they were first announcing like sword and shield i had said that i had said i think we're coming to to close to the end of this franchise here. We're coming very close to maybe the, the tip of the iceberg here. The Nintendo switch is the latest Nintendo console that is very successful. And we don't know when they're going to make another console. Um, and they're, they're putting all of their, 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 their fucking money in on, on these games. Breath of the wild was one of the best Zelda entries to date. And it was really good. You know, when we got Twilight Princess for the Wii, it wasn't as good as Wind Waker. You know what I mean? It wasn't as good as Ocarina of Time. Um, then we got the Skyward Sword on the Wii and Wii U, and people didn't enjoy that that much. You know, it was that was a weird entry, you know? And I just... They put out Breath of the Wild, and it was just amazing. It was great. And I think they're putting all their, they're putting all their marbles on this bitch. And I think... Sword and Shield, it's probably going to have a, th a third entry as well, or it's probably going to have a sequel entry or something. But I think we're nearing the end here of of Pokemon, uh, at least for a while. You know, Maybe 10 years from now when they come out with a new Nintendo console, we'll get a new Pokemon game on that one, and that one will be even more definitive than this one. So I don't know. That's just kind of my take on things. I am definitely not the same person I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I'm definitely not the same artist, you know. I've 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 gone from drawing purely 
anime and manga stuff to drawing surreal stuff and painting watercolors and surreal stuff. I'm definitely not the same writer. I'm not the same podcaster I was five years ago when I started on this podcast. It people change, you know. We do we we try to move forward to make new art, you know. Or you know what? What if the next Pokemon entry is called Butts and Boobs, Butt Version, Boob Version, and it takes place in a whole other universe? So a whole new planet. No Kanto, no Johto, no Sinnoh, no Hoenn, no Unova, no Alola, no Galar, no none of that. It's a whole new planet with whole new regions, whole new Pokemon, maybe parallel versions of Pikachu or whatever. You know what I mean? What if that happens? You know? So, I don't know. You be the judge. Let me know. I would love to hear what you guys think, and I would love to relay that on the next newscast. Um, that being said, thank you guys for listening. I love you guys so much. You guys are amazing, amazing, amazing. I love you guys. I love you. I love you. I love you a lot. And, uh, yeah, I plan on getting a Switch. I want to get a Switch Lite. I think me and Trisha are both going to get Switch Lights. Um, I definitely want one for sure. I definitely, actually, I think we were going to get a switch and a switch light. So we have two of them, um, and whatever. So let me know, let me know what you guys think of Pokemon Sword and Shield so far. I would love to talk about it and get better impressions from you guys later on. And thanks for listening every week. I've been Sam and this has been the Anime Summit Newscast.